Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans chapter 12. And I'll read this morning verses 4 through 13. Romans 12, verses 4 through 13. For just as each of you has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Your, if your gift is to prophecy, then prophecy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. You see, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. I was watching the other day while I was at the gym and a father was in the gym with his two sons and they were lifting weights together. And I saw the boys were lifting quite a bit less weight than the father was probably capable of lifting. But then the father made a grave mistake. He decided to show off. Now, this is the last action of a dying man. Okay. And so I heard him tell the boys, I want you to put 255 on the bar, put 255 on the bar. And both boys kind of looked at each other and that you, you could tell they were kind of in doubt. But hey, what dad says goes right. So they put 255 on the bench press bar and the father gets uh, down to, to do his bench press. And you, you can tell in high school, he probably had, uh, you know, a, a kind of a routine he went through because he's given it the. <sighs> You know, and he sits down and he gets his feet in just the right position. And he says, all right. And they lift the bar off and he goes, my weight. Help. So luckily a man came over and helped me get the weight off my chest. Sometimes. It really would be. I just. Sometimes when we put. Our bodies on the shelf, they begin to decay. In 109 A.D., the Romans built a mighty aqueduct in the, sun, in, the, in the town of Segovia, Spain. And that aqueduct furnished water from the mountains to the city. And for 1,800 years, the aqueduct brought water to the village and the village drank healthy pure water from the mountains. And then all of a sudden, a generation came forward from that group of people. And you know what they decided? They decided that the aqueduct was such a cool, marvelous piece of engineering that it needed to be preserved. So they built piping all around the aqueduct and took it out of commission so that it could become a museum piece that generations to come could look at. 
You know what happened? The sun began to beat down on the aqueduct and its mortar and its bricks, and it began quickly to disintegrate. What 1,800 years, what centuries of service to these people couldn't do, idleness began to do very quickly. Church, this morning I want to talk about priorities and servanthood. You see, I've, I've spent the last few weeks talking to us about how does the church survive? How does the church maintain its effectiveness in a culture that's much different than perhaps even it was written to address? We live in a difficult culture, a difficult time. And I'm hoping that in the last few weeks, what we've learned is some of the application we can give spiritually can help the church stay strong in this very difficult time. So that's what we're going to focus on here this morning. I think it, when, we, when we allow ourselves to get put on the shelf and we allow ourselves to get taken out of service as faithful people, it creates a couple of problems. One is an individual problem. When we put, them, when we put ourselves on the shelf, and, and I'm going to put this in the context, folks, of this is something we do to ourselves. Okay, we're not going to blame anybody else this morning. I can guarantee you, you want to pick up the bulletin that's in front of you and open it up. If you're not involved in something, it is your own choice and your own fault. It's not from lack of things being presented to do. This world presents plenty for the church and its people to jump on and get busy with. There's no shortage of things to do. What we want to talk about this morning is putting priority on those things that need to be done and you choosing the right thing to do, you choosing the right amount to do so you don't overwhelm yourself and or rob someone else of the potential blessing to serve. Okay? And then being able to evaluate, you know what, when I am on the shelf and I'm drying up and I'm cracking and I've become an, a museum piece, which is the sec- second problem and that's a collective problem, is when the church becomes a place that people look out from the road and say, gee, that's a nice building. This week, a couple of days, the ladies came in in the morning. They said, man, we heard tell there was 30 cars out in the parking lot this week. What in the world is going on? Well, one of our kids made this a Pokemon gym. The people were, I mean, it looked like Night of the Living Dead out there. People walking around like this. Okay, if nothing else, we were a great Pokemon gym. We were actually overtaken multiple times this week. But here's something cool that happened. Tuesday morning, I was here about... uh, I don't know, 8.15 or so, one of the first in in on that particular morning. And someone knocked on the door. And that someone said, you know, we were here looking for Pokemon last night. And we noticed your sign that says English is second language. When do those classes start? So I was like, I was dialing everybody up. Hey, get the whiteboards out. We're going to put, we're going to plaster everything we do on the side of the building. So these folks looking for Pokemon will find something else. When we have servants to do the work, we can seize the moments that life presents. We have two problems that are created when we put ourselves on the shelf. One's an individual problem. One's a collective problem. God's plan of service for his people has four parts. 
We're going to look at unity that comes from service. We're going to look at abilities that come from service. We're going to look at diversity that's found in servanthood. And we're going to look at responsibility. The first one is unity. Paul compares the church to a person's body. Paul compares the church to a person's body. You may not think that's a good illustration, but think about it for just a moment. When a portion of your body hurts, it affects the rest of the body. When one part of your body hurts, it affects the rest of your body. You don't think that's true. Be in a real hurry to get to the bathroom in the middle of the night and stub your little toe. You want to talk about pain that will affect you in a, in a horrific way the next day. Crack that little toe just once. It'll affect everything you do the next day. In Romans 12, verses 4 and 5, he reminds us, let's look back at that of what we read. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many from... we, we through, though, let me back up. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to the others. Now, that's important. Why is that important? Because when your brother or sister who is sitting behind you is struggling, it's a problem for you as well. And when they're happy and they're fired up, it's a blessing to you as well. I'm going to put this down and talk loud. When we struggle, we struggle together. When we persevere, we persevere together. When we love, we love together. The church works as a body better than as individuals. Are you hearing me? And this is what Paul is trying to teach the church. As he writes in Romans, you're better together than you are individual. When we decide to become individuals is when Satan seizes the moment and divides us. When there are, when there are members in our body that are hurt or, or even disgruntled, then we need to take that on in servicehood. To love with them, to pray with them, to help them through that. Because we're going to be a stronger body for that. The ability that one of the things we see in service is the church's unity. We it is so important that we are unified. And as we serve together, if our focus is in service to one another and into the world, it unifies us around the purpose of doing God's will. Look, if you will, at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because he gives us a parallel passage here that I think is worth us spending some time with. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul writes, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, as we read, as we were reminded this morning, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. God's intention was for the church to be one body in unison in its service and its abilities and all these other things, but to understand that we are also diverse, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. Well, what's the importance of diversity? 
Well, importance of diversity is really important when you're reaching out to a diverse world. The diversity in this room creates in us the most awesome machine for evangelism that could ever be. But first, we have to be unified around the purpose that God has given us. The second thing before we can enjoy that diversity is to understand our ability. To understand our ability. You know, the many abilities of the body of Christ are given to us by one thing and one thing only. And that's God's grace. See, you and I, our differences create, create the many abilities of this church. But you and I can't be in this room as brother and sister in Christ without God's grace. Because God's grace had to cover you a specific way and he had to cover me a specific way. So it's through his grace that we're saved and that we are one in spirit. So without that grace, this kind of ability that meets in this room could never be brought together. Everything the church can do is accomplished by God through the grace and mercy given to us by Jesus Christ. Look at verses 6-8 through eight in our reading. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. You know, one of the things I I think about is sometimes we rob ourselves of joy because in our darkest moments, we don't we don't tap into what God really wants us to be able to accomplish. And that's that in those darkest times, and, and, and hear me, God doesn't always expect that you're going to be happy, go lucky all the time, but He does want you to find joy in the difficult things we do. When you serve God and you accomplish His purpose, no matter how hard that was, no matter how difficult that was, you will find joy in doing that. Now, now follow me, church, because this is important. I know that all of us in this room are capable of that. Just a quick show of hands. How many of you ever accomplished finishing a real hard degree in school? Anybody ever do that? I mean, something really difficult. How many of you really were happy, happy, happy when you were doing all that studying? Nobody. I'm, I'm, I'm working on one right now. I'm miserable. But day in and day out, God gives me joy in how I'm able to use that knowledge for His will. And I know that happens in this room as well. Now, I know I've got some football players in here. I've got, I got one over here who's going through two-a-days right now. How, how wonderful is two-a-day practices? How wonderful is sweating so much that your, your socks are soaking wet? Not at all, right? But you find joy in that sport. So I know we're capable of finding joy in difficult moments. There is not a lot of joy in sitting down with people who are struggling in their faith. 
does not. There's not a, a lot of joy when you're walking around the building and you see weeds growing up that need to be cut and they need to be trimmed. There's not a lot of joy when you're trying to put the praise team schedule together and you've got a bazillion people on vacation. There's no, there's not, I'm sorry, there's not a lot of happiness found in those things. But when it all comes together, there's a whole bunch of joy in what's accomplished by persevering. Amen? That's the truth. That's the way it works. How we handle the abilities God gives us is, expect, is, is, is expected to be done with care and stewardship. Look at 1 Peter 4 and verse 10. You've heard it said, be a good steward of God's blessings. Amen? We know that's, that's a Christian principle. So when he, gets, when he pays you on Friday, be a good steward and give 10%, right? Or give, let's say, give what your heart says to give. Be a good steward of that blessing. Well, listen to this. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. It's not just a money passage. That, that grace in various forms stands for whatever it is your gift. If you can teach, then be a good steward of God's ability to teach. Figure out ways to use it in the kingdom. If, if your ability is to, to read Scripture and, and have a deeper understanding. You know, I've known people that can read Scripture once or twice, man, and, and they, can, they can just quote it after that. Just memorize it. I literally have to have it tattooed. I'm not ashamed of that. I'll keep reading and I'll keep studying until I have it. But some people just have a gift with it. Man, use that gift, church. If your gift is to pray, if you can look at every situation and think to yourself, man, I, I see that person hurting. It's really on my heart to pray for them. Then use that gift. Be a good steward of that gift. Use it to serve God. 1 Corinthians 5.10 says, By the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that is in me. You know, the use of your abilities given by God are to showcase, are a showcase of God's grace and power at work. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if Christians found joy in just showing off? I mean, let's do it. Make a commitment as we go out of this. Let's go show off for God. Let's go show this world what God really has to offer in forgiveness, in love, in breaking through the barriers of some of those 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 uh, titles we give people. Let's really go show off what God's capable of through Jesus. Um, one of the things you see on the front of your bulletin this week is a true need here at Heartland to, to, to have some voices join in with our praise team to, so, that, so that both of our services on Sunday morning, the, the, the noise that comes from it is joyful. You know, visiting with a, a lady uh, last week who was kind enough to visit with us, she looked at me and smiled. She said, you guys' singing is awesome. You guys' singing is awesome. 
It's like the second or third time I've been here and I just love it. And we didn't have the praise team last week. She said, this is the first place I've come in a long time that I can actually hear the four parts. God's at work, but He needs you. God's at work, but He needs you. If God has gifted you with a voice, please see Jerome. If God's gifted you with the, the gift of technology, and I know, I know from all of you who are chasing Pokemon around, somebody knows technology, right? I'm driving down the road yesterday, and there's five people in the car, and they keep saying, hey, you got a Pikachu on your shoulder, or you got something on your sh-. And I'm like, I'm afraid of bugs. So I'm like, ah! You know? And I turn around, and everybody in the car is like this. If you love technology, then we need you on our AV team. You can sit up there, and as long as you pay attention to the outline, you can catch all the Pokemon you want. It's the gym, right? Selling point. We need you. Now, if you can't sing, if that's not your gift, don't volunteer. We don't want to hurt your feelings. Okay? Jerome has the green light to tell people we'd like to use you somewhere else. You know, we, we want to be real. But being real, I know that there's some people who God has blessed with wonderful voices and understanding of music. You know, Romans 12:11 in our text says this, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Our service is to be done with zeal, with excitement. Heartland, I'm going to tell you this right now. We, we're growing. We are a growing congregation. Just this morning at the 8 o'clock service, had someone come up and say, we, we want to have dinner with you. We want to figure out, show us where we can plug in. I wonder how much more we would be growing if every one of us were going at it with zeal. With excitement and fervor. The best advertisement in the world is word of mouth. I love this church. Every person I bump into, I tell about my church. When I say my church, the church that me and God are tied in. I want everyone to know about this church here at Harlem. I want you to have the same zeal. I want you to have the same zeal. Diversity is found in Christian service. We see that in this room. There's those that can prophesy. There's those that can minister. They can teach. They can encourage. They can give. There's leadership possibilities. And there's certainly people with compassion. Ephesians 4, 11-13 says, So Christ Himself gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, to equip His people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of God. I want you to hear me, brothers and sisters, this morning, kingdom service, kingdom service, is done to the fullness of Christ Through the equipping, the maturing, and the encouragement of the saints. When we equip our people and we disciple them into maturity and faith, that means not letting you guys stay where you're at as teenagers or some of you adults who are still drinking milk and eating honey, but we help our folks mature and we equip them. 
that maturity and that equipping of the saints will lead to further diversification of the Lord's body through immersion and salvation. Okay, when we do it right, souls are going to be saved and the kingdom is going to grow and its diversity is going to grow and it's going to make it an even greater machine to go out among the world and seek and save the lost. And that's God's plan. But it starts in the simplest of places. Our final, my final point this morning is that we have responsibility in Christian service. There was a, a story told about some soldiers and they were building a barricade for a wall of defense during the Revolutionary War. And there was a, a person standing behind him. He was shouting out orders. He was telling, you know, we need a block there. I need a man there. I need help over here. And it was obvious that these men were overextended. There was more work than there was men. And a man comes riding up on a horse in civilian clothes. And he's standing on the horse and he looks at the man that's shouting out the orders and he says, what are you doing? He says, why aren't you helping those men? He says, well, I'm a corporal. I'm telling them what to do. So the, so the man gets off the horse and he begins to help the men who are laying the, the block and, and making the barricade. And when the work is done, he gets ready to get back on his horse and the corporal comes over and he thanks him. And the man on the horse that was in civilian clothes looks at him and says, if you ever need any more help, Come and get me. I'll be in the commander in chief's office. It was George Washington. Church. Servanthood goes beyond just being the visionary that comes up with an idea and then sits and barks at everyone on how to get it done. I want to challenge you that if you're if you're that person, give more. Roll up your sleeves and come get dirty. You're going to find joy in that and the people working with you will find joy in that. And it's the responsibility that goes beyond just, just the barking of ideas and orders. Yeah, there's some great visionaries in this church. There's great visionaries all over the world. But right now, we're at a place where we need some blue-collar workers. We need some people that are willing to help get it done. Share your vision, but be ready to bring that vision to life. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as though you're working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as your reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. You know, as we take on this responsibility... Remember that it's, it's God that we're trying to please. It's God that we're trying to showcase. It's His kingdom that we're trying to illuminate. Not just this church. Not just this building or a small group of people. It's God's entire kingdom that we are the light for. Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Yes, Listen to this, church. He wants us all to have a feeling of freedom. But then he gives a warning. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather serve one another humbly in love. Now, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell us, with, with all due respect to every one of us, you're free 
to just come here on Sunday morning and enjoy an awesome sermon, awesome singing, awesome communion, and then go home and not think about this place the rest of the week. You're free to do that. But it's not in your best interest. Spiritually, it is not in your best interest. And it's not in the best interest of the kingdom. Because the kingdom needs you to grow. The kingdom needs you to grow. This world will not continue. This world will not get any better and will continue to disintegrate if all that's found on this earth is Sunday morning Christians. It's not going to get any better. Because God needs a better effort out of His people than that. God needs 110%. Those of us that coach know what that means. We'll bark it, yell it, scream it. I need 110%. I need 110%. Not just 100%. I need you to go beyond that threshold. I need you to shoot for more. God needs our 110% when it comes to servanthood. He needs it for His church. He needs it for this fallen world. He needs it for His kingdom. And it is one of the ways that the church will continue to be a player in this world is by putting priority on serving. And not just saying, well, I can do it when I want. I can do it when I feel like it. I can do it when there's a little left. I can do it when I've got a little time. You are a steward of God's blessing. I want us all to act like it. There's a lot of awesome servants in this church. Unfortunately, there's also a lot of Sunday morning folks only. I'm just asking you to evaluate. I'm not pointing fingers. Just make that evaluation for yourself. And if we can help, let us know. Because we want to help you grow. We want to help you mature. We want to help the kingdom grow. We want to get really excited about who we are. We're going to stand together and sing. Before we do, I want to say a prayer for someone um, when we talk about service. That tomorrow, he goes off to serve all of us. Taylor, would you come up here, please? Mark, would you join me, please? Taylor, you leave tomorrow for... Oklahoma, is that right? Yes, sir. You excited? I'm excited. Taylor is going to go and he's going to try to train to be a medic in our Army. Is that right? In the U.S. Army. Um, we're excited for you, but we want to pray for you today. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. You all join me in prayer. Father, today uh, we talk about servanthood. We talk about giving 110%. We talk about... Not just barking out orders, but following commands and and giving it our best. And I know that Taylor will do just that, Lord. I know that he leaves this place not just to serve this country, but to also be a light in your kingdom, be a light to his fellow soldiers. I pray that you watch over his life. I pray that you watch over his family while he's gone. I pray that you just uh, comfort him in some of those times that, that might be lonely. Let him know your presence in his heart and by your spirit, Father. Bring him, uh, bring him home safely. 
and allow him to establish his new normal in the U.S. military, Father. Let him not just be a soldier of America, but a soldier of Christ. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.